Welcome to True Spirituality Network. We are focused on spreading the gospel of God's love across the world. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out every fear. As you feed on God's love for you, allow His love to cast out every fear, worry, and anxiety. God loves you. Jesus, beautiful name, have we prayed. Let God's people say, Amen. Alright, if you join us for the first time, this is True Spirituality Network, and we are currently live on Facebook, Instagram, Mixellar, and YouTube. And this is also being recorded, right? And so that means if you are unable to join live, you'll be able to catch up with podcast and we we are starting a new series today by the way we're starting a new series on hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 and but before we do before we fly into the book of hebrews chapter 5 you know, if you're born again, there are, there are some two major books in the scripture that you should really, really know about. The book of Romans and the book of Hebrews. These are books that really, really tackle and dealt with every form of religiosity. And, you know, before we started the series, I I just finished a series on the book of Romans chapter 4 that talks about God's priceless gift. He spoke, to, he spoke about the gift of righteousness. Romans chapter 5 says the same thing. And now we are jumping to the book of Hebrews chapter 5. So before we even start, let me just read what Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 says and then we can continue from there. Thank you Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 The Bible says Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. The Bible says, But strong meat belong to them that are of full age, even those who try, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. One more time. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. The Bible says, But strong meat belong to them that are of full age, even to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Another version should say something like this. But strong meat or solid food belongs to the mature. Those who have, by constant practice, have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. So we are, we are actually going to explore some what you will call deep 
part of the scripture from today. And I call it deep because the moment a believer has been rightly taught on the doctrine of righteousness over and over and over, I think such a believer is ready for solid food. Think about this like a baby. When a baby is given birth to, such a baby starts taking milk first. It starts with a milk and then at a point, after taking milk to a point, then the parent will start introducing solid food. But I, I don't think it's possible for any parent to give birth to a child and the first thing the parent wants to introduce to such a child is solid food. That is not the best option for any child they just give birth to. You have to start with milk and then you graduate to solid food. And I, I think it's the same thing with every believer. And if you read Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12, actually, the Bible makes us understand. So I'm going to read verse 12, verse 13, and verse 14 again, and then it will make more sense to you guys. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12, the Bible says, For when the time, from when the time, or better still, for when I'm reading KJV. So KJV has a way of twisting your tongue. Anyway, so KJV says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. This is Hebrews chapter 5. And the writer was saying, by now, some of you have to have been teachers, but you still need somebody to teach you. What you need is milk, not meat. Verse 13. For everyone, listen, that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And then after that comes verse 14. So verse 13 says, For everybody who uses milk, who is still taking milk, they are unskillful in the words of righteousness. Such person is a babe. And then after that statement comes verse 14 that says, But strong meat belongs to the matured, who by constant practice have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. So we can look at this in different ways. This is a series, and the thing with series is you don't have to rush it. So I'm really going to take my time to take these things one after the other. And this is why I strongly recommend that you start with us, so that you can catch up with us. So again, the writer of the book of Hebrews started from verse 12 and said, you ought to have been teachers by now. It's like, the writer was expecting a particular result from a set of people. And then he said, but you, are, you can't be a teacher yet because you are still 
a babe verse 13 you are unskillful in the words of righteousness so everybody listen let me take time to break hebrews 12 hebrews 5 from verse 12 to 14 now so what the bible is trying to make us understand is mostly tell you verse 13 anyone who cannot define what righteousness is is a babe if you want to know who is a baby christian the bible didn't say the person that got born again yesterday is a baby christian and the person that is born again 20 years is a matured christian according to hebrews chapter 5 verse 13 if they were to ask you who is a baby believer who is a babe when it comes to faith the bible says anyone who cannot define righteousness or better still anyone who is unskillful in the words of righteousness is a babe it does not matter how many years you have been saved if you cannot rightly divide or rightly define what righteousness is the bible calls you a babe you are not ready for solid food this is the reason why before i teach us on topic i take time to first of all explain the doctrine of righteousness this is almost the reason why before i preach on any subject i take the first five to ten minutes to explain that righteousness is a gift for the believer there is no one that can be righteous by their works if we could be righteous by our works galatians chapter 2 verse 21 says if righteousness can be achieved by the law then christ died in vain that simply means we do not need christ to die if we could be righteous on our own if your good works can make you right in the sight of god then we didn't need jesus that's what the bible says but no matter how good you are it takes the blood of jesus to make you accepted in the sight of god this is why even if you are a moralist you need to be born again because as far as god is concerned what differentiates a believer and an unbeliever is not their conduct it is jesus jesus is the one that makes all the difference the moment you believe in jesus all of your sins are washed away even if you are still battling with an addiction as a born again believer in the sight of god the moment you say lord i believe in jesus paul says in the book of Acts chapter 13 he said whosoever believe in this man jesus receives forgiveness of sins peter in Acts chapter 10 when he was preaching to colinius he said through this one man we preach forgiveness of sins or there's forgiveness of sins to everyone who believe david in psalm 103 verse 3 says he who forgives all my sins and heal all my diseases paul in the Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says in him we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace this is why i always take time to explain the doctrine of righteousness because hebrews 5 13 says anybody who can't define righteousness anybody who is unskillful in the words of righteousness is a babe so you want to know who a baby christian is ask your friend ask anybody what is righteousness 
if they define righteousness as the things you have to do to be accepted by God, such person is a babe. That is exactly what Hebrews chapter 5 verse 13 is saying. A babe is someone who is unskillful in the words of righteousness. Such person is still taking milk. And if such person cannot define righteousness as a gift, righteousness by faith, then the person is not ready for solid meat. And what I'm saying, you have to understand it. This is a series. There are some things in the scripture with all humility you are not even supposed to be exposed to until you first of all are taught on the solid doctrine of righteousness. Before I taught, once upon a time, I made a long teaching on the book of Revelation. And before I taught on the book of Revelation, there are some things the believer should not even be exposed to except he has first of all been taught the doctrine of righteousness. Because it's like the person hasn't taken milk, you want to start giving him solid food. The book of Revelation is a solid food kind of message. It talks, it talks about the things that will happen after this world. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 19, I believe, Jesus said unto John, write the things which are, one, the things which is, or better still, the things which you saw, one, the things which are to, and the things which are to come. And we took time to explain every chapters in the book of Revelation. And we understood that the book of Revelation is not to scare you, the believer. If you don't, first of all, understand righteousness by faith, righteousness as a gift, the doctrine of righteousness, the moment you start to read in the book of Revelation, and you see places like, I will remove your lampstand. What you start thinking is that you will think Jesus is trying to tell you, that you will remove your salvation. And that is not accurate because Jesus will not give you salvation and says he will take the same salvation back. The only way you can be so strong in your faith is if you've already been taught about the doctrine of righteousness. Righteousness for the believer is not a reward. It is a gift. It is not an achievement. It is a gift of grace. Righteousness is by faith. Righteousness for the believer is not what you earn. It is what you receive. God gave you the gift called righteousness. And the truth is no matter what happens in your life, you can never lose that gift called righteousness. Since this is a series, I'm just preaching for my heart first. Because again, you are not even ready for solid food. I have so many things to say. Jesus at the point literally told his disciples, he said, I have so many things to tell you, but you are unable to bear them now. He says, but you know what? When the spirit of truth comes, it will unveil these things to you. I'm rephrasing. There were so many things Jesus wanted to tell his disciples, but they couldn't handle it. There were some of the messages Paul preached that if Jesus has preached, if he had preached it to his disciples, they would not receive such, such messages. You know, there was a time Jesus preached a message in John chapter 6. Jesus said, Whosoever eats of my flesh and drink of my blood, have eternal life, I raise him up in the last days. People thought Jesus was talking about cannibalism. So they left Jesus. Literally, people left Jesus because of the message he preached. That is why precept, according to the book of Isaiah, precept must be upon precept. You can't expose a believer who hasn't been taught the doctrine of righteousness to some portions of the scripture. 
it's not because it, it won't benefit him because it's the word of god but because it is not being laid on the right foundation the bible says if the foundation is destroyed what shall the righteous do so before i thought on the series on the book of revelation before i thought on the book of job i made it series on the book of song of solomon before i thought on all of these books i always try and make sure i lay a good foundation even for the person that may be hearing my message for the first time and try and repeat again you are righteous by faith every of my message you will you will you cannot miss it i take emphasis to quote romans 1 16 and 17 the gospel unveils the righteousness of god not the sinfulness of men and if you're born again you are righteous by faith you are righteous because of what jesus did not because of what you do or the things you didn't do god loves you today not because of your faithfulness but because of his own faithfulness you can't miss these punchlines in my message why because anybody who can't define righteousness anybody who is still on skipping the word of righteousness is a babe and such person is not ready for solid food in hebrews 5 14 and why am i still doing it again i'm doing this because i know i have so i have so many topics to address so many solid food to push out but i have to make sure everybody's on the same page so there are some truths in the bible you can never understand until you first of all understand the doctrine of righteousness because it's like a babe trying to understand trying to eat solid food we have to make sure you will give everybody milk and then once everybody is done with milk we can win them and start giving them solid food win w-e-a-n-e-d so if you the moment your understanding about righteousness by faith has been established the moment you understand the doctrine of righteousness then you are ready for solid food that's what hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 says it now says solid food or solid meat belongs to the matured who by constant practice are trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil romans chapter 12 verse 2 says um, be ye transformed i'm quoting this in a fan but from verse 1 she says therefore brothers and sisters i beseech you by the message of god that you present your body as a living sacrifice acceptable to the lord which is your reasonable service verse 2 and do not conform to this word but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may be able to prove what is the good acceptable will of god the truth of the matter is the more you begin to after you understand the doctrine of righteousness by faith not by works once after you understand the doctrine of righteousness by faith you get to a place whereby you now start discerning what the good and acceptable will of God is. It's called discernment. You get to that point. Hebrews 5.14 says the same thing. Strong meat belongs to the mature, who by constant practice can distinguish between good and evil. Your discernment becomes sharp. Romans 12.2 says the same thing. When you start renewing your mind, say, do not conform to this word, but be renewed or renew your mind by the truth. Let's read it. Don't let me quote all of these things offhand. <laughs> because this is a solid food message. That's why I'm trying to quote some things offhand. But let me just read it. Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2 should say something like, And be not conformed to this word. Be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind that may be to prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So Hebrews 5 talks about distinguishing what is good. Romans 12, 2 talks about proving what is good. Just follow me closely. I have so many things to say. So we already established. I want to believe everybody listening to this already understands that they are righteous today 
not because of their works. Because if righteousness could come by your works, then you don't need Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 21. It says if righteousness can be achieved by the law, then Christ died in vain. So we couldn't be righteous by our works. That is why God gave us the gift of righteousness. So because you do right, is not what makes you righteous. And it's a good place to start it. Let me tell you something. The gospel, listen, solid food, right? And you know, in this teaching series, you may get to misquote me. It's fine. It's solid food. Eventually, if I, if I babe, you, you misquote me in some of the things I'll say. But listen to what I have to say. The gospel we preach is not morality. Jesus did not die just to make us to start preaching. Do good, everybody. Avoid evil. That wasn't the reason why Jesus shed his blood. The apostles were almost stopped in Acts chapter 4. They were threatening their life to stop preaching a particular message. I bet you the message they were threatening them not to preach was not do good. Don't do evil. That is not the message they stopped them from preaching. The reason why John was beheaded, the reason why Peter was kidnapped or was put in chains, Paul and Silas were arrested. They were not arrested for preaching. Guys, do good. Live a holy life. That wasn't their message. Because that is not the gospel. <laughs> Get ready. I have so many things to say. They will come like a bomb. Jesus will not die just because so that I can preach to you. Live a holy life. Forsake your sin. That is not the gospel. But you know the reason why they threatened Peter and John? You know the reason why they didn't want this guy that was healed in Acts chapter 3 to share his testimony? And they almost stopped Peter and John to stop preaching in Acts chapter 4. You know the message they were trying to stop them from preaching? You know the reason why they arrested Paul so many times? Why they beat him and Silas so many times? You know the message they stopped, they wanted to stop them from preaching? It is Christ died and God will raise them from the dead for our justification. That is the gospel. The gospel is not live a holy life. Let me tell you something. Every religion is after a good moral life. Every religion preaches morality. So Jesus did not die to, for you so that you can live a moral life. He died so that you can have eternal life. Eternal life is far greater than moral life. Let me tell you something. The gospel eventually do produces morality. But our message is not morality. Our message is not do's and don't. My own Jesus did not shed his blood also that we can tell you the things to do and the things not to do. No, your, his life is more precious than that. We are talking about something greater. So the message that the apostles were persecuted for, they were all martyred for, is not the message of religion. It's not the message of do good, guys. Forsake your sin. Um, don't do evil. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt. Thou shalt. Do don't. No, it is about Christ died and God raised him from the dead. And whosoever believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Something that the law of Moses cannot do for you. Jesus has come to do for you. And if you believe in Jesus, you receive total forgiveness of sins and you are justified in the sight of God. That was the message they preached. They preached Christ, the dead, 
burial and the resurrection of jesus romans 4 25 says he was delivered for our sins he was raised for our justification that was what these guys were martyred for because that message is worth dying for don't tell me they were preaching do good get evil. do good don't do evil that is not christianity that is morality even you don't have to be a believer to know what is good and what is not good you don't even have to be born again to be able to try and live a moral life before i got born again to a little extent i tried my best to live a moral life i didn't kill i didn't steal i didn't hurt anybody but guess what that is not what makes me right in the sight of god until i got born again i wasn't declared righteous in the sight of god why am i taking time to explain this thing because we have to lay this foundation I have so many things to say right now and I have to make sure I lay this foundation first. So the gospel for a start is not about doing good and not doing evil. It is far beyond that. Listen, the gospel will produce that because the fruit of the spirit will manifest. But don't preach the wrong message to your church members. Don't focus on the things they have to do and the things they don't have to do and ignore Jesus. Because you don't have a message the moment you throw Christ out of your message. Christ is the message. Paul said, I don't want to know anything else. I don't want to know anything else except Christ died and him being crucified. I'm quoting this now, fans, so I'm just saying it the way it's coming to my heart. I don't want to know it. I choose not to know anything among you except Christ and him being crucified. So if I come and I don't preach Christ to you, then I'm preaching another gospel. Because I'm pointing you to either yourself or I'm pointing you to something else that is not Christ. The moment any preacher walks up to you, takes the mic, or you listen to any preacher, including myself, and I'm not pointing you to Christ, then what am I preaching? Because what differentiates me from a motivational speaker is my message. I come with the gospel of Christ. I come with good news about what Christ did for you. I've not come to tell you more 10 things to do or how you are not doing enough because that is not the gospel. Oh, you guys said you are ready for solid meat. So I'm throwing it to you right now. Are you able to bear this? Because I have more things to say. So the gospel is all about God's good news. What Christ has done for you. And I could tell you what Christ has done for you from now to the rest of my life and I will not run out of the message. From the scripture. The old scripture speaks about one person. His name is Jesus. The Bible is not a book of principles. Of course you can learn wisdom. From the book of the Bible. But never forget. That Christ is your wisdom. Himself. Christ has been made unto you. Wisdom. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. Again it still points you back to Christ. The message is Christ. Your righteousness is Christ. The moment anybody starts pointing you to something else you have to do outside Christ, that is another gospel. Galatians chapter 1 says, If any man preaches any other gospel, apart from the gospel of Christ, let him be accord. And I, Akimika, wants to say the same thing to you. If I preach any other gospel, apart from the gospel of Christ, if I stop pointing you to Jesus and what he has done for you, if my message is no longer centered around Christ, can you love your life so much and stop listening to me? But you know what? If I keep pointing you to Christ and what he has done for you, one of the best things you can do for yourself is to keep feeding on the word of God. Don't worry about transformation. 
the Holy Spirit is the transformer, not you. Just keep pumping yourself with the Word of God. And the more you feed on the Word of God, it will affect every other aspect of your life. You can't help it. You can't just help it. Because now you begin to know, wow, you are favored by God. If you think your favor from God is by your works, no matter how you how much you do, you feel as if you're not doing enough to qualify for God's favor. But if you think God's favor on your life came because of what Jesus did for you, you can say, thank you, Father, because I am the favored of God. And the more you get conscious of Christ being your favor, you see the favor of God manifest in your life. Glory to Jesus. One of the best things you ever do for yourself in your walk with God is to focus on Christ, not yourself. So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5 again, he said, by now some of you ought to have been teachers from verse 12. Some of you ought to have been teachers. Some of you claim you've been born again for 20 years. I've been born again for 15 years. But you, are, you can't even teach yet. You know why? Verse 13. Because you are still unskillful in the world of righteousness. You are still a babe. It doesn't matter what your rank is. It doesn't matter what your title is. If you have to tell people again, they have to do more to be accepted by God, then you are still a babe. So Hebrews 5.14 says, But strong mint belongs to the matured. Strong food belongs to the matured who by constant practice, constant practice of reminding themselves they are the righteousness of God, not because of their works, but because of Jesus' finished works, who by constant practice they can now distinguish between good and evil. Because at the end of the day, the gospel will produce morality. The gospel will produce an accidental only life. The believer, the moment you understand you are already holy in Christ, living only becomes a fruit. As a preacher, my job is not to be pointing to the things you have to be doing. How many things do I want to tell you to do? Because the moment I keep shouting, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that, and then I'm preaching on that gospel. It will lead to frustration. Even you will be tired. Because I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to do His work anymore. I'm trying to be the one doing the work of the Holy Spirit. Are you getting this? I have so many things to say. So many things. Glory to God. So the gospel of Christ is not about your moral life. My job is not to point you to morality. My job is to point you to Christ and the Holy Spirit will automatically produce a holy life when you feed on Christ. The gospel is all about Jesus and what he has done. The whole scripture talks about Jesus. In Luke chapter 24, verse 27, I believe. Let me read it. This is solid food, so let me also <laughs> let me also take time to read it. I could go this thing off hands, by the way, but let me read it. Luke chapter 24, Jesus just resurrected, and his first message. I want to have an idea of what the first message is all about. Luke 24, verse Luke chapter 24, verse, let's see what 27 says. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus' first message when he resurrected was to these people on their way to Emmaus. And the Bible says Jesus began to expound about himself from the book of Moses and the prophets. Jesus began to preach about himself from the scriptures. The scripture, as at that time, what they only ever attest to was Old Testament. So Jesus was preaching about himself from the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament 
is Christ conceived. And the moment you're born again today with the help of the Spirit, you can look out for Christ even in the whole testament. The Bible is not a book of principles. It's Christology, the study of Christ. The same way you have your textbook in school about biology, chemistry, the Bible is Christology. Everything here should point you to Christ. That is why even when I was taking a teaching a series on each chapter of the book of Song of Solomon, by the way, if you if you like to catch up with that message, just go on Google and search for Song of Solomon, any chapter, maybe chapter one by Akimika. It gives you it's all about Christ. It's all about Jesus. It started by saying something like, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his lips, for his love is better than wine. It's talking about Christ. Only the love of God is better than wine. Wine represents anything you may, you may, you might have tasted here on earth, but there is a love that is far better than wine, because the satisfaction is not just in a moment, it's not just a feeling, it is a knowing that can last you for the rest of your life. So King Solomon in the book of Song of Solomon is a picture of Christ. The bride is a picture of the church. So every love letter Solomon said to the bride is Christ himself talking to you. For example, Songs of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 7, one of my favorites, says, Let, um, You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. And that is God speaking directly to you. That you know what? how I see you. I don't care how your friend sees you. I don't care who says you are too fat, you are too thin. But you know how I see you? I don't care whether you are short, you are tall. I don't care how you look. You know what I have to say to you? You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. That is how God sees you. Not how the mirror sees you. I know most times ladies are under the pressure to perform. They are under pressure to look like somebody I don't know how you make somebody your standard in your life. I don't know how you can't sleep at night because your body shape is not like somebody else's body shape. Whose opinion should matter more to you? Is it the social media's opinion or God's opinion? Which should you prefer? Should you focus on God's thought and opinion about you or the image you're trying to keep up out there? Because you know what God is thinking about you? God said you are altogether beautiful, my darling. All together, Song of Solomon for seven. All together, beautiful. There is no flaw in you. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. Psalm one thirty nine. And then, if you don't understand that, you know what you do? You start looking for love in the wrong places, instead of you receiving the ready-made love from God, that love that cannot change. People's opinion about you may change, but God's thoughts, His word, His love for you can never change. And you have to understand these things. So it's all about Jesus. Everything in the scripture. So Luke 24, 27 says, Jesus began to expound about himself from the books of Moses and in the prophet. In the prophet, the books of the prophet consist of the book of 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, all of these prophet books. Do you know Jesus was conceived in the book of Samuel? Let me give you some few case studies. This is a solid food teaching. So I will say so many things. I may not have time to explain them because I strongly believe before you can join this session, you are really, really ready for solid food. In the book of Second Samuel, chapter 9, the Bible says it's a story of David, Mephibosheth, 
and Ziba. David said, is there anybody in the house of Mephibosheth, or better still in the house of Saul, that I can bless for Jonathan's sake? Again, David said, is there anybody that I can bless in the house of Saul for Jonathan's sake? So David, out of his kindness, he said, is there anybody I can show kindness for the sake of Jonathan? And then they found Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was lame. He doesn't deserve anything good. Even Mephibosheth himself told David. He said, I am nothing but a dead dog. And David said, you know what? You don't have to worry about that. You just only have to eat on my table. So David showed Mephibosheth kindness. Not because Mephibosheth deserved it. But he was doing it because of Jonathan's sake. So Mephibosheth didn't deserve it. But David did it either ways for Jonathan's sake. And that is a picture of what God did for you. Some of you at times you are like, God, and you think you don't qualify for God's blessing. I understand. Some of you may feel as if you don't qualify for God's grace. You don't qualify for God's favor. That's why it's grace in the first place. Because God is not doing these things for you. He's doing them because of what Christ has done for you. The same way David blessed Mephibosheth because of Jonathan, God will keep blessing you and keep blessing you and keep supplying for your needs and keep favoring you and keep healing you and keep being there for you because of Jesus. This is how this thing, it's a picture. It's a picture. The moment you think God is doing anything in your life because of the things you do, again, you can't have a clean conscience. Because at the point you start feeling as if you're not doing enough. At the point you feel as if, ah, if it is based on what I'm doing, I don't deserve this. You disqualify yourself in your mind. It doesn't produce faith. But if you focus on Jesus, you can come to God anytime and just come boldly to the throne of grace. So it's a picture, by the way. David is a picture of God in that context. Jonathan is a picture of Christ. And we were the picture of Mephibosheth. How God brought us, even while we were lame in our sin, yet God brought us to his table, not because we deserve it, but because of Jonathan, but because of Jesus. So it's a picture of Christ. First Samuel chapter 17 is the story of David and Goliath. David had to fight Goliath. And the times and condition of the battle is, we're going to have a fight and then give us a representative. I'll be the representative here. And whosoever wins between you and I, determines the country or the nation that wins. The rest of our people does not have to fight. The rest of your people does not have to fight. If you win me, then you defeat everybody. If I win you, then we defeat everybody. When David won the battle, Israel does not need to fight. Because David, their representative, won the battle. And then when David won the battle, he did what most hero in action movies will not or does not do. Most of the time when the hero of any movie, or when the hero, when they possibly put down the villain in the movie, the next thing they want to do is to go kiss the heroine. And then while they are trying to kiss the heroine, automatically the villain stands up again and is coming with a sword. And then the last scene is always like, somebody's just going to shout, maybe the name of the hero is John, and then John, and then we just look back and just kill the villain again. It's not as if the villain always died two times. You would think he's almost dead out of the blues. He just stand up again. So David didn't take his chances. So when he made sure the Goliath fell down, he also made sure he went to cut his head. 
I hope eventually got the joke. That's where I was coming at. So he cut the head of Goliath. So that Goliath doesn't stand up again while they are jubilating. As it always happens in normal action movies. Please laugh. <laughs> okay. And then when he cut the head of Goliath, the Bible says he took the head of Goliath to a place called Golgotha. Or better still, Golgoliath. That's the name of the place. Golgoliath. And over the years, the name of the place was renamed to Golgotha. This place is in the book of Matthew, actually. If you Google the book of Matthew, Golgotha was the same, exact same place where the cross of Jesus was put. Where they put the cross of Jesus in the place called Golgotha. The same place David had to come bury the head of Goliath. Over 500 years after that time, they brought Jesus to that same point. And then on that cross of Calvary, the name of the place is called Golgotha. Go read the book of Matthew. And then it's a picture. So David defeating Goliath is a picture of Jesus, our true David, defeating the devil once and for all. And guess what? Because he won for you, you do not need to fight. Because your representative, David, your spiritual Jesus, your spiritual David, had won the battle for you. Don't forget the terms and conditions in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. Whosoever wins determines the country will win. Israel does not need to fight because David won. You don't need to fight because Jesus has won for you. So we are more than conquerors today. This is why the Bible says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is why the Bible says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. You are not trying to overcome. You are not trying to win. You won. When? When Christ won on the cross. So Christ's victory today is your victory. Glory to Jesus. This is why you are reigning in life. Because Jesus won the battle for you. And this is me just expounding Jesus from the book of Prophet Samuel. I can go on and on to give you more books in the scripture. But let's go to the books of Moses. The Bible says in Luke 24, 27 that Jesus began to expound about himself from the book of Moses and the prophet. So we have done a bit of the book of Prophet. The book of Moses are the first five books of the Bible. We talk about Genesis, we talk about Exodus, we talk about Leviticus, we talk about Deuteronomy, and we talk about number. Where is Jesus in the book of Genesis? For his start, the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And the light shined in darkness, and darkness cannot comprehend it. Christ is the light the Bible was talking about. In Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says God created man and then God gave man an helpmate. Spiritually speaking, it's not just talking about a woman being helpmate. Because the woman also needs an helpmate. <laughs> so in the book of Psalms, the Bible says, I will lift up my hands to the hills from west cometh my help. Because real help comes from God. Not the woman. Because the woman also needs help. So our real helpmate is Christ in you in form of the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls him your helper. Genesis chapter 3, where is Christ? Verse 15, God made a prophecy. God said the woman, the woman's seed will bruise your head and you bruise a heel. Talking about Christ on the cross of Calvary, Jesus bruised the head of the serpent once and for all. It defeated death, it defeated sin, it defeated the devil for you and today you are more than conqueror. In Genesis chapter, give me more verse, chapter 5. <laughs> there were so many names in the book of Genesis chapter 5. One of my best messages is actually Genesis chapter 5. If you go on Google, if you type Genesis chapter 5, 
by Akeimeka. I preached a message in 2020 on Genesis chapter 5. All the names, I arranged it and I, we break down the meaning and they all point us to Christ. In Genesis chapter 6 and 7, the Bible says, Noah found grace in the sight of God. Jesus himself is grace because the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 17 the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ and then the Bible makes us understand in, verse, in chapter 7 that Noah made an ark and then he, he brought into the ark all the animals and his family in twos and then when judgment came upon the ark only those in the ark were saved from the judgment. Now guess what? When judgment in form of a flood came on the ark on the whole heart only those in the ark were saved from judgment you know why because god himself shot them in the ark when you got born again jesus is the picture of the heart and when you say yes to jesus god himself is the one that shot you in because if god makes sure you put yourself in then he knows someday you may just want to put yourself out so god himself shot you in when you get born again you are not the one keeping your salvation no god will be unjust to allow you to want to keep your salvation he is the one keeping your salvation listen you are not the one holding on to god so there's nothing like god i want to hold on to you to the very hand you missed the whole point <laughs> god is the one holding on to you you are not the one finishing your salvation i've had people say something like lord i just want to finish well oh you missed the whole point you didn't start anything he started the good works on your inside he is the author of your faith. So he has to be the finisher. So God loves you so much. The moment you got born again, he took the key from you and he locked you. The same way God locked Noah and everybody in the ark, inside the ark. So you are forever saved. You are forever righteous. You are forever loved. You are forever blessed. Because God has locked you into the ark. I love this so much. Glory to Jesus. So he's the one keeping me. He's the one holding me. I'm not the one holding on to him. No, if I was the one, I would have left him a long time ago. But he is the one. He will never leave nor forsake me. Glory to Jesus. So Jesus is the picture of the ark. It has nothing to do with the ark. It has everything to do with Christ. So beginning from Moses, the Bible says Jesus began to expound about himself from the book of Moses and the book of prophets. The same Luke chapter 24 if you drop down to verse Luke chapter 24 verse 40 verse 44 verse 44 Luke 24 verse 44 you know in 27 he spoke about himself from just Psalms just from, from just the prophet and the book of Moses but in, in verse 44 the Bible says these are the words I speak unto you while I was here with you that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses 1, in the prophet 2, and in the Psalms concerning me. So in verse 44, Jesus also makes us understand that the book of Psalms was also about him. I love that part so much. And let me just give you one out of the book of Psalms that speaks about Christ. Guess what? Psalms 22. The beginning of Psalm 22 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know who said that statement on the cross of Calvary? Jesus! It was spoken about Jesus. And then if you read further, it speaks about the suffering of Jesus. And then it was almost after Jesus suffered for you and I, after he took our place, that we came into the reality of Psalms 23. You know what Psalm 23 is, that popular psalm? 
the lord is my shepherd the reason why god is your shepherd today is because jesus took your place and now you are judicially speaking god's sheep listen the sheep is not responsible for the shepherd but the shepherd is responsible for the sheep god is responsible for you he is faithful in feeding you he is faithful in providing for your needs he is faithful by watching over you he never sleeps nor slumber because he is your shepherd so the bible says i shall not want he makes me to lie down he does this he did this he that <laughs> glory to god i'm getting blessed so he started talking about what Christ has done. He made me to do this. He leads me beside the still water. He will restore my souls. And that is a testimony of somebody who understood the suffering of Christ in Psalm 22. So you can come to the reality of Psalm 23. He, he is my shepherd. He made me to lie down. Talking about the things Christ has done. No longer what you do. Because in Psalm 22, suffering of Christ. Psalm 23, your testimony about what Christ has done. It's all about him. Psalm 23 is all about what he is doing, what he has done. That is the gospel. Even in the book of Psalms. Glory to God. Solid food belongs to the matured, who by constant practice have trained themselves between, to distinguish between good and evil. Hebrews 5.14 Let me wrap up on this note. <laughs> I love this message. Okay, we have five more minutes. Let me wrap up on this note. So when you start understanding that righteousness is not by works, because nobody could be righteous by works. If we could, we didn't need Jesus. But thank God we couldn't, so we needed Jesus. And that's why I got born again, because I couldn't be righteous by my works. So I needed to submit to the righteousness of God. This is why the Bible says, except your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees, you, shall not enter, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Pharisees' righteousness are self-righteousness. To accept your righteousness is self more than self-righteousness. You can't accept the kingdom of God. Because you need to submit to the righteousness of God. Your good works can't save you. Good works is good, but, you know, it's good. As far as men is concerned. If you want to really, really have a place in the heart of God, you have to come to God through one man, Jesus. Because if you come through the righteousness of God, you are forever accepted. You are forever favored by God. Now I know when you hear messages like this, talking about the fact that your righteousness is not based on what you do. The next thing is, oh, are you not saying we should not do anything? The truth of the matter is, you will do more for God accidentally when you believe in God's righteousness than you will do on purpose if you focus on your righteousness. What I just said right now, <laughs> You need to digest it. Let's do it again. You will do more for God accidentally when you focus on God's righteousness, when you focus on what Christ has done for you, than you will do on purpose when you focus on what you are doing for God. Should we do that again? You will see the fruit of the Spirit manifest effortlessly. You will see yourself loving people, having joy, having peace, kindness, long-suffering, patience, faith, meekness, effortlessly, when you focus on God's righteousness, which is a gift, then you will see when you on purpose try to work out your own righteousness. If you want to have peace with God, you want to have a clean conscience, you have to focus on what Christ has done for you. Every true gospel minister will not point you to self. 
will not tell you that you are not doing enough. Any preacher telling you you are not doing enough is not a gospel preacher. So sorry to say, but it's the truth of God's word. Paul said, if we, even if an angel from heaven preaches on that gospel and the gospel of Christ, let him be accursed. The gospel is to tell you what Christ did for you. That is the good news. That somebody paid it all for you. And when you start hearing that automatically, you want to love that person. You want to love him for the rest of your days. This is why I preach the gospel of Christ radically. It's a good place to wrap it up. By the way, so it's a series, by the way. So we'll continue from here tomorrow. Tomorrow we usually pray in the spirit for 30 minutes. We'll pray in the spirit for 15 minutes and then we'll continue the series tomorrow. It's been an awesome ride. So the goal, by the way, is just to start start getting to the to the solid food in the scripture. And the only way you can start devouring the solid food in the scripture is after you've already set a good foundation on what the righteousness of God is. It doesn't matter how many years you've been saved. If you don't know righteousness is by faith, if you can't preach justification by faith, then you are still a babe. Hebrews 5.13 Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Thank you because the entrance of your word giveth light. Your word is a lamp to our feet, a light unto our path, and we know it has illuminated our heart. We know it produces faith, love, peace, and joy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Even as we continue this series, we know you give us more fresh revelation about what Christ has already done for us. In Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Thank you so much for connecting from any part of the world. Um, so this series continues tomorrow. On Saturday, we usually have our prayer meeting on Saturday, where we pray in the Spirit. And the teachings of praying in the Spirit is another myth message, <laughs> by the way, that people may not fully understand if they have not fully understand the doctrine of righteousness. Anyway, we'll continue from here tomorrow. It's been an awesome ride. Thank you so much for connecting with us. If you would like to partner with us or support what we are doing here, or you want the gospel to travel in any way, any form, and you really, really have any way you can support us to do that, we'll really, really be glad to work directly with you. Just send us a DM, and then we'll get in touch with you. Thank you so much once again. God bless you. Amen. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And what I'm doing right now, begin to speak to you in Psalms, because Ephesians chapter 5 says, speaking to one another in in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs making melody to god in your heart and i just want you to know just like god says in psalm 23 that he is your shepherd and he's always with you even when you don't feel it so you have all that you need you may not see because your sight is limited but if you focus on this world you realize you have all that you need long before you were born his supply is far greater than whatever you ever need on earth if he could give you jesus he will give you every other thing you would ever need long before you get to that season he has made provisions available for you and he wants you to know this don't focus on your bank account to define who you are if he could give you jesus he will give you everything god giving us jesus is the proof that he has done for you much more than he will ever do for you he has given you much more than you ever need so just focus on him because you have all that you need and he has made you to lie down in greener pastures in green pastures and when he wants you to lie down he wants you to rest and not stress because he is always working 
most times you don't feel it so you get worried you get anxious but he says in his word that he has made you to lie down and if he has made you to lie down then rest stop trying to figure out things on your own just allow god to do the things he's doing in your life and he leads you beside the still water where everything is cool calm and collected he restores your soul if your heart is troubled before you came here the lord has restored your soul in the mighty name of jesus oh glory to god and though you walk through the valley of shadow of death you don't have to be afraid because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world glory to god oh and surely god's goodness god's favor god's unfailing love is what is running after you village people are not chasing you <laughs> it's the goodness of god that is hunting you down it is pursuing you all the days of your life and you rest in the house of the lord forever and ever in jesus name amen If you have been blessed by this message, we invite you to partner with us to send the gospel of God's love to all nations. Send us an email on truespiritualitynetwork at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms, True Spirituality Network on both Facebook and Instagram, T-Spirituality on Telegram, and Akimika on YouTube. So catch up with all our podcasts, search for Akimika on all major platforms, including Spotify, audio mark and anchor as you feed on god's love for you allow his love to cast out every fear and remember it's not about you it's all about jesus